Welcome to Nathan's School of Thought. I'm Nathan Walker, Global Performance Coach, here to share principles gleaned from decades of teaching, training, and coaching on four continents. Whether you're a senior executive, salesperson, new parent, military leader, artist, musician, head of a nonprofit, or a student, it doesn't matter who you are, only who you can become. Join me each week to have your brain flipped upside down as we move together toward a happier, healthier, and much more productive life. Hello, my friends. When I was a little boy, I really did not like the name Nathan. I thought my name was just the worst because, as far as I could tell, I was the only Nathan on the planet. It wasn't until I was in mid-grade school that I heard of another Nathan, but to me it sounded like a odd, sort of not cool name. My friends had cool names. Gary was cool, and David was cool, and Jeff was cool. I was just Nathan. It took me a while before I learned a couple of things about my name. Number one, I learned that the name Nathan meant gift of God. Now, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was nice that my parents thought that I was a gift and I wish they had told all the girls in high school that that's what it meant. I might have had a little bit better success, but learning that was one thing. Another thing that I learned was that I was named after Nathan Hale. Nathan Hale was a great patriot and a spy for the American cause during the Revolutionary War. He was a school teacher and a graduate of Yale College, and in September of 1776, he was captured by the British while attempting to return to his regiment, having penetrated the British lines on Long Island and coming back with information that would be helpful to the war effort. The British caught him and he was hanged without trial the next day. He asked for a clergyman and was denied. He asked for a meal and was denied. But he gave a spirited speech right before the hanging. And the last thing he said was, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. I am privileged to be named after such a brave man. To him, the cause was more important even than his own life. As time went on, I learned to appreciate my name much more. I also learned that our names are very closely tied to our identity and that the meaning we give to them has a lot to do with our own success and happiness. My dad is someone that I greatly admire. A little over 20 years ago, he woke up one morning feeling like all of his legs and fingers and arms and everything else had been broken. He was in overwhelming pain, so bad that he couldn't even walk. My mom called one of dad's brothers and his wife, and together the three of them carried him out to the car and took him to the hospital. The hospital discovered that he had parathyroid tumors and that his body was in such a state they couldn't figure out how he had lived. In fact, after this was all over, respected medical clinics asked if they could study him to see how he survived such a thing. It couldn't have happened, but it did. He is alive and well now. He was unconscious for two or three days, and after he awoke was forced to go through several procedures that were so painful and so invasive that he was just completely out of it for several days. 
incoherent, unable to carry on a conversation or, or for anybody to understand what was going on inside of him or for him to understand what was going on around him. During this time in the hospital, he had a rather amazing experience. He was thinking about his mother and about how helpful his Aunt Beth had been. When he had that thought, Aunt Beth appeared before him, or at least he saw her face in front of him. And it was as though he knew her completely. He knew what she was thinking and feeling and understood who she was in a way he had never understood before. As he experienced that, he thought of another family member, and the same thing happened, and then another, and then another. Many, many people appeared, at least in his mind's eye, in front of him, and he would look at their faces and understand who they were as he had never known before when he said their name. This extended even to nieces and nephews, some who were younger members of the family and people that he did not know as well as he would have liked. As soon as he said their names in his mind, their faces would appear before him, and he would know them and understand them and feel who they really were. This was a profound and deep experience for my father. Not long after this, one or two days later, if I remember correctly, we came in from out of state to visit my dad and see how he was doing. And he made a point of talking to me quietly. Nathan, remember people's names. They really, really matter. A nurse entered the room, and he immediately greeted her by name and said, How's your son doing? And they talked about her son for a little while. Then another hospital worker came in, and he called her by name. This was unusual for me to see. My father was a very successful choral director and music teacher. By the time he retired, he had taught 19,000 students. His ability to remember all of them sort of waned over time. That's a lot of people to remember. They knew him, but he didn't necessarily know them by name. Seeing him call people by name and have this kind of connection with them was unusual. Not that he didn't care about people, but that names had not been such an important part of that. He told me about his experience and encouraged me to be careful to remember people's names. They really matter, he said to me. I was so impressed by that experience. I hadn't put a great deal of effort into remembering people's names, but I had a job that required me to travel all around the world, and I decided that from that moment on, I would remember the name of every person in the room. Well, most of the time. Most of the workshops that I taught involved 15 or 20 people. Some of the ones that I did that were 5,000 people, yeah, I didn't remember all of their names. But the ones where there were 15 or 20 people in the room, I would make a point of going around the room, and as they introduced themselves and said something unique about themselves, I would carefully concentrate on who they were and try and understand a little bit about that person just by seeing their face and hearing their name. The effect it had on my ability to train and coach and nurture and help people was more profound than I can even begin to describe. It became a thing that was sort of noised about. People would say, yes, when you get into Nathan's class, he will remember your name. 
to make sure that I did, I would listen to the introductions and then say, so let me make sure I have this right. David, Rakesh, Amy, et cetera, et cetera, and I'd go around the room. I was able to, at least most of the time, all of the time, if I remember right, there may have been a couple of exceptions, but I was able to, at least most of the time, remember every name of every person in every session I did for about 13 years. There was one time that I was in Singapore training a group of 36 people, and about 31 of those names were Chinese. That was challenging. I did, in fact, remember them all. That was an important thing for me because years later, they would say, I knew you cared about me because you remembered my name. I didn't realize how great that effect would be in my life and in theirs. Some of the most significant events recorded in history have to do with people's names. One of the easiest and most common places we can go to understand this is the Bible itself. In the Bible, God himself gives new names to people to symbolize who they are or what their new calling is or what they have been called to become. He gave Abram the name Abraham, meaning father of a multitude. And to his wife Sarai, which meant princess, he gave the name mother of nations. Those of you who understand what that meant in the case of Abraham and his wife will know that those were very appropriate names for them and were symbolic of what they would become. The man named Jacob became Israel, meaning let God prevail. Taking this new name was a sign of now Israel, formerly Jacob, receiving the covenant that his father and grandfather had received. Simon was given the name Peter by Jesus. The name Peter meant rock, and so on. These significant things had their origin, or at least their description, in the name of the individual. Even some of the greatest miracles ever recorded began with the name of the individual, followed by instruction. Sometimes it's, be not afraid. If God himself values a name enough for that one to usher forth from his mouth first, that gives us some indication how important we are individually to him and that we are important enough to be called by name. What have you chosen to make your name mean? What have you chosen to allow yourself to become And what is your calling? Why were you even created? Can your name have something to do with that? And if you don't actually legally change your name in some way, what can you do to make your name matter to you and to others as symbolic of who you have become? Do you wish to become something worthy of that name? Do you wish to make that name worthy of you? This is something that you can spend a lot of time thinking about. It's something I've spent a lot of time thinking about. You can choose the name that you carry within yourself. Be careful when you choose your name or when you choose to accept your name as a symbol of who you are, of your calling, 
of your mission, of your influence in this world, of the happiness and success and the becoming that is a part of your life. Sometimes a person may feel inadequate or have excessive feelings of shame or guilt or feel like they don't belong or something like that, and they'll take on a group identity as though it was their new name. I am a such-and-such kind of woman. I'm a such-and-such kind of man. I'm a person of color. I go to this school. I belong to this country club. I am this. I am this. We see it all the time with careers. I'm a sales trainer. I'm a plumber. I'm unemployed. I'm an addict and on welfare. Some of these names are not the names that we pronounce when we introduce ourselves to someone else but they're the names that we associate most closely with our value and identity. Please be very, very careful about the identity that you take on and make your name a stand-in for who you really are. This can be powerful and it can be extremely dangerous. One of the reasons that job loss is considered one of the most traumatic things a person can experience is because it's so common for a person to identify themselves by what they do, not by who they are. The same for all of these other identity characteristics or groups that we begin to associate ourselves with. Your name matters because you matter. You matter because you exist. You are created. There's only one of you. You have something important to do. The best name you can possibly choose is your own. Choose it all cleaned up, polished, strengthened, and imbued with value over time until it becomes a one-word description of your full potential, whether or not that potential is yet realized. And in your treatment of others, call them by name. Treat that name as sacred. There is nothing more closely associated with who that person is individually than their name. Try to remember it. Try to use it with care. Try to see their face in your mind's eye and understand who they are. Learn to feel that individual as you are presented before them. It will change your life. Go learn some names. And while you're at it, learn your own. Your name matters. We'll talk again soon.